happy day. I'm Eliza Blass, your storyteller. I'm raising two very unique kids, both suffering from conditions like anxiety, depression, ADHD, OCD, and more. Just when I thought life couldn't get any harder, the universe dropped a big old lemon on us in the form of Lyme disease. Since my darkest days, I have healed, and I know our stories have more gratitude than grievance. Meet more inspirational storytellers and self-healers right here. Let's heal one story at a time. Happy day. Welcome to episode 29 of Very Happy Stories. Today, I'm having a conversation with my friend, Deborah Herlaxinos. Deborah is a certified nutritionist, nationally known healthy living expert, and a health coach for high performance executives. I met Deborah when I was asked to serve as her breast cancer mentor. Yes, the health coach got cancer, friends. And through that came a very transformational journey. To get through this time, Deborah really turned up her spirituality and she focused on the power of her attitude. So much gratitude came from her cancer journey, and I'm going to give you the big ones. One, she stopped being a people pleaser. You know who you are if you're a people pleaser. Deborah transformed from a peacekeeper and is now a peacemaker. There's a vast difference. Peacekeeping is completely fear-driven, while peacemaking comes from a place of love. And sometimes you might ruffle some feathers, but when you are empowered, you see the value in peacemaking. A bigger blessing for Deborah, she relearned how to love herself. Yes, she basically fell in love with herself again, authentically. Deborah's story is the reason I do Very Happy Stories. It's about coming through the journey getting to the other side, more inspired, more grateful, and eager to share your story. This is Deborah's Very Happy Story. Happy day. Welcome to Very Happy Stories. Today, I am so excited to speak to my friend, Deborah Herlax-Enos. Welcome, Deb, to Very Happy Stories. Oh, thanks, Liza. I'm so happy to be here. And it's so great to see to your beautiful you. face. Your beautiful face as well. <laughs> it's like we're catching up on the podcast. I love oh, it. Oh my goodness. I love it. You know, usually when I interview a guest, I've been introduced to them by someone in my network or a lot of times I've met them in Clubhouse, but you and I have a really unique introduction and it was the breast cancer that connected us. But I'm so grateful that I oh have my you in my life. No kidding. And um, and there, then we've just had so many parallels. I mean, I was, I was diagnosed on September 1st of 2020. 2020 just couldn't get any better. So I had to I go ahead and get diagnosed with breast cancer. But then that first 30 days of cancer is, I think, such a disaster for people because you just, you have no answers. You don't know if you're going to die. You don't know what your treatment is. You don't right. know what your team is. You don't know if your insurance is going to be covering um, some of your treatment, which also happened to me and you're just lost. And so yeah. my oncology team um, said, Hey, there's this organization. Um, I think it's, is it called Interman? 
Immerin Angels. Angels. Mm -hmm. And they said, you can find somebody or they'll find somebody who can talk to you and just let you know that you're not alone. And I thought, okay, because I had one girlfriend who had breast cancer. And so she was kind of my go-to and she's also my neighbor. And so she'd come over every couple of days, but her, her treatment was different than mine and her cancer was different and cancer is so individual. And I said, okay, could you find me somebody at this Interman angels who has the same type of cancer, maybe around the same age and had a similar treatment plan. And then they found you for me. And I, I know. honestly, talking to you was really, was really encouraging. Uh, I would even say it was life-changing because I still was just in such a state of, oh my gosh, am I making the right decisions? And I'm not saying that, you know, you commented on my medical, as far as I think you should do this. You just listen to me. Yeah. 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 Which was such a gift. Oh, you know, and, and it is true. It, it's working with you reminded me of being then in that time of uncertainty. And it's really hard to make such important decisions in a medical arena that you're not familiar with. So and, true. I mean, you really did all the work. You made all the decisions. It was just kind of the I think our conversation just lent itself to like stepping back into your place of empowerment mm -hmm. and, and trusting your intuition and trusting your gut, but right. you, you did it all. Yeah. Well, thank you. But not without a team and you were True. pivotal on my team. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, so I mean, your, but even so your cancer story is different than my cancer story. Mm -hmm. I mean, I have to say, um, I was, you know, given an early diagnosis like you were, but my treatment and recovery pretty much went classic book style mm -hmm. of like lumpectomy, right. radiation, you're done to move on. But mm -hmm. yours had so many different turns and twists. <laughs> And it, it kind of went a little yes. sideways. So, it did. <clears throat> um, so it tell did. us more about your story, Deb. Well, I think, well, I think one of the funniest things, uh, if cancer can be funny, it can, you gotta laugh about it is I was diagnosed on September 1st. And then I was told, okay, we're just gonna, we're just gonna pop in there, do a little lumpectomy few weeks of radiation and you're done. So I thought, great. Cause I have a girl trip. Girlfriend trip <laughs> to I, got life. <clears throat> I do in November. And they're like, Oh yeah, you'll be cancer free by November. I'm like, awesome. By, by November 1st, I'll be cancer free. Well, by November 1st, I was ready to start, I think surgery number three. So basically was diagnosed with stage zero, which is first of all, I didn't even know that there was a stage zero. So right. again, this is the call and shout out to early detection, how important that is. So caught it on a mammogram, stage zero. Doctor said, you know, I can go in, get this with a lumpectomy. You'll be fine. Went in with a lumpectomy. I um, had my first surgery within 23 days of diagnosis. And I said, oh my gosh, this is all just happening so fast. And the reason I was told that was happening so fast is because of COVID women just were not going in and getting mammograms. Mm -hmm. So hospitals were just wide open 
kind of sure. looking for patients. So I was yeah. able to get in very quickly, which was a kind of a blessing and a curse because now I feel like I'm processing a little bit because I didn't have time to process then. Sure. So had my first lumpectomy third week in September, didn't get it all, did not get clean margins. Doctor said, I'm going to try this again. I think we'll be able to get clean margins. Went back in, no clean margins. And uh. so at that point they said, look, we're going to have to take the harder road and the harder road is a, is a full mastectomy. So removal of the entire breast minus um, the nipple, the nipple can stay and the skin can stay and um, everything else is gone. So I did that um, right before Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. And then immediately they put in a, something called a tissue expander, yep. which makes the room for a breast implant when I was going to be doing reconstruction. So then fast forward to, um, let's see, March 12th, when I had my reconstruction, and now yeah. I'm seven or eight weeks post-op, and that is my last surgery. Yeah, I'm yeah. thrilled to say I am finished. I'm still recovering. But I was just saying to my husband the other day, I said, I feel good. Like, I haven't been able to say those words, I feel good. I haven't been able to say that in nine months, and I'm yeah. finally in a place where I can say that. Yeah. Oh, I'm so yeah. glad. And I'm so grateful. Thank you. you know, what could, what should have, could have been like a three month, four month ordeal. Like right. for me, I think it was like maybe six months. Cause I had radiation and I had to heal mm -hmm. in between, you know, yours was extended nine months, nine, nine months, months. Yeah. of up and down. So how did you build up your mental endurance? you know, cause that's that a long is, time to yeah. go with uncertainties. What did you, do you yeah. have any advice for someone that's going through a long period of time of uncertainty? Yes. And that is a great question. I'm naturally a pretty, um, I'm a glass half full person. Yes, you I, are. I do have a tendency to look on the bright side of everything, but I will say that there were some really dark days, um, a lot of really dark days of me awake from 2 a.m. to 5 a.m., walking around my house, um, as my husband calls it, churning and burning, you know, just mm. can't turn your brain off. Am I going to have to do chemo? Am I going to have to lose both breasts? And I would say my faith is what really got me through. And I've, I've been a woman of faith a bit more like an EKG. Sometimes my faith is big. Sometimes yeah. my faith is not so big, but I really feel like there's, there's a scripture that it says, God, I believe, but help my unbelief. And I thought, mm. okay, that's me. So yeah. I'm like pushing away, but come, come close. Like I, I believe, but I also don't believe that I can do this. And so I really had to find my faith and it was not without a lot of prayer and a lot of people praying for me. And I really feel like that helped me find my faith. I really got very dependent on God to get me through every day. And one of the things I did differently is instead of just waking up in the morning and immediately going to my phone, checking emails, and, sure. you know, starting my life, I found some really great spiritual books that really spoke to me. And there's also some apps like YouVersion, which is a Bible app with lots of Bible studies on it. I would just get up and I'd have 10 or 15 minutes of just quiet time, yes. getting my, getting my head on straight, getting my brain on straight, 
really setting my intention for the day of really staying focused and upbeat. And I can't tell you how many times my oncology team said, you're such a fighter and your attitude is so good. And it's your attitude that's going to get you through. And it's your attitude that's going to help the treatment that we're doing to you. It's going to help you get through. And when I had doctors telling me that my attitude was what was going to get me through, I realized there's so much power in attitude. And I did have an option every day to choose my attitude. And I have to tell you on some days, I didn't choose a good attitude. I chose a crappy attitude because that was my option. But those were also some of my darkest days, but I'm also human. And we can't always expect to just be happy and encouraged and having fun every day. Sometimes you just have to go through the crap. And I did go through the crap, but I'll say for the most part, my attitude was really good because I knew that that would help with my healing in the long run. Yes. Oh my gosh. I feel so much of what you're saying. There's two things I love. First of all, you had mentioned you had the choice of what kind of attitude you wanted to show up with. And I think when we exercise our choice, you, you start living with, I do have some power over this. Mm -hmm. I am empowered because I get to choose. Right. Yeah. And the second thing I love, which I practice too, is devoting the first, I try to go for the first 30 minutes of my day devoted exclusively to myself. Um, without, I don't even greet my husband. (laughs) He's still asleep. (laughs) He knows. (laughs) I I just, I gotta give it to myself. Even if you have to wake up early, earlier than the kids, that really sets you up with presence, gratitude, mindfulness. It's just these little acts of devoting time to yourself. That, that kind Mm -hmm. of is a lot of the work, right? Yeah. I couldn't agree more. And, you know, at the end of the day, if you don't take care of you, nobody else is going to do it. They don't know how to do it. You, you have your inner body wisdom and it's intuitive. And so if you know, okay, I need 30 minutes every morning to honor that is the greatest gift you can give to your family and to the people you're around. And so self-care is not selfish. You are a health coach. You go Mm -hmm. on television and help Mm -hmm. people transform their bodies by eating healthy, by the proper exercise. So what did it do to you when you realized you had cancer? Of course, it's a day you'll never forget when somebody says, oh, your test came back, you have cancer. But I dropped the phone. I dropped the phone and luckily my husband was there and he picked it up and he's talking to the, to the doctor saying, you know, your wife has cancer. And I just said, I don't have cancer. I'm out of here. And I just went for a walk. And so a little background on me, I have been in healthcare for 32 years, 32 years. Yeah. I eat organic. I run half marathons. I do yoga. I, (laughs) I eat salads. I eat tons of broccoli. I'm careful about the stuff I put on my skin because I know that there's toxins and chemicals that can build up in breast tissue. So when they told me I had breast cancer, I thought you got the wrong girl. 
right? <laughs> no way. I have spent my life fighting against getting any type of thing like this. Yes. And so for me, it was so shocking. And I immediately thought, why didn't I eat more corn dogs? Why yeah. didn't I order the Why didn't I drink fries? more wine? I know. Why did I drink more wine? <laughs> All this stuff that I have been avoiding for 30 something years. And I, I, so that was, that part of that was, I was really mad at my body. And I'll tell you I, about seven days into cancer diagnosis, I was, I was mad. I was yelling. I was kicking my kitchen cabinets. I get which, it. I just thought, who am I? And it's a good thing we're doing a re kitchen remodel in a couple of years because <laughs> I I've dented some cabinets. I was so mad about it, and then I just realized, okay, there everything happens for a reason, and I am intended to go through this to let women know about early detection and that all these healthy things that I've been doing helped in my recovery. And so when I met with my, when I met with my oncology radiologist, I let him have it. I just said, I'm mad. And this was again, like maybe 10 days into cancer. I said, I'm mad. Why did I get this? And he said, I hear you, but let me tell you that the fact that you're so healthy, you exercise six days a week, that's what's going to get you through rec recovery faster than anybody else I've ever seen. Because every health decision, healthy decision and habit that you make every day does give you a great payoff. You just may not see it right now. And so again, while I was mad about getting cancer, the healthy payoff is I recovered faster than anybody's seen. I had four surgeries in five months and that's a lot of anesthesia. And again, my doctors are just amazed at how quickly I'm recovering. So there is a payoff. Yes. Your bounce back is amazing. Um, and you just even started this conversation with me today saying like, I feel amazing. I feel great. And right. had you not done yeah. the work all those right. years, you know, you wouldn't be where you are today. Have you ever thought I'd love to have a podcast just like this one? Well, I can help. My name is Matt Kundal and everyone at my company, the sound off podcast network had a hand in making this show. Whether it was about the sound, the discoverability, or that you're just enjoying the show, we are all about the detail. If you think you have a podcast in you, reach out to me via email, matt at soundoff.network. Or check out the website and become one of the great podcasts we work with at soundoff.network. Tell us a little bit about the transformation. So, you know, you sounds like you became closer to your faith. You became more spiritual, mm -hmm. um, but now what, like, so what's on the horizon for, for you, Deb, like what people always say, you know, you, it might change you in different ways. I know for myself personally, when I went through the ordeal of cancer, when I did show up back at work, I leaned, I, I didn't lean in. I actually reclined and was able to just work less and make more with, there was definitely an energetic shift about it. Mm -hmm. So what are, what are some things you're toying with? Okay. So cancer has completely changed me. And I will yeah. say that uh, as hard as this is to admit, I have been a lifelong people pleaser mm. and my, I always felt like my role was kind of taking the temperature of the room. And, you know, this person is upset about something. This person has got this going on. And I really felt like my role was to make everything better. Almost 
basically like a peacekeeper. Mm-hmm. And so what I've realized is peacekeeping is exhausting, but yeah. peacemaking is really a blessing. And Ooh. so I am happy to tell you my truth. I am happy to tell you um, how I feel about things, but it's not my job to make you happy. And it's not my job to fix things that's going on in your life. So there's a vast difference between being a peacekeeper, which is basically, I've got to take everybody's temperature. I need to make sure everything is going well. Whereas peacemaking is, hey, let me tell you, um, I've, I've observed a few things that's going on with you. Would you like to hear my perspective? Oh, you don't? That's fine. Okay, I'm just going to do my thing over here. And I'm happy to make peace, but not happy to keep peace. I love that. And I love how unapologetic you are about it. Like yeah. you're just so authentically a peacemaker, not a peacekeeper. Yeah. Yeah. There's a huge distinction between the two. And I think that um, really for most of my life, I have been more concerned with perhaps not always telling you the truth because I really wanted you to like me. And now I really don't care. Yeah, because I've got lots of people who love me and like me. And I also have a lot of people who don't. And it does not impact my self esteem in any way. So I am just going to speak my truth. I'll always speak it in love. And Mm -hmm. I'll always speak it with grace. But I'm not holding back anymore. And that has been probably the biggest blessing that cancer has given me. Wow. Yeah, it sounds so liberating. It is um, so liberating. As you tell the story. So for all the other people pleasers that might be listening to this episode that are like, I'm doing that. It's not Mm -hmm. served me at all. It's just made me exhausted. Do you have maybe like a tip or what would be like step one in trying to make this transition Mm -hmm. from peacekeeper to peacemaker? Like, What are some things we should consider if we wanted to kind of like start that? I think for me, it had to come with thinking about loving myself. In high school, I had this goofy, I love me bumper sticker on the back of my car, which I'm, you know, typical 17 year old girl, goofy thing to do. And then as I got older, I didn't love me as much. I really loved more what people thought of me. Mm, Yeah. Huge distinction between the two. Cancer made me realize I needed to love me more than how people felt about me. So in the morning when I'd have my quiet time and I was reading devotions and reading spiritual things in my Bible, I started keeping notes and I'd write love letters to myself. (gasps) Wow. Yeah. And how I was enough, write love letters about my faith. And I realized, oh my gosh, I am so strong. And I want that girl from high school back where she unabashedly loved herself. And that Liza has made all the difference. When you love yourself that much, you don't really care if other people love you and you care less about how they feel about you. Now, it is very important that my family and friends and friends who are more like family that I have good relationships with all of them. And that cancer has really clarified the importance of that. But at the same time, you're going to have tiffs with people and that's okay. 
Yeah. And it doesn't impact the bottom line of how you love yourself, how you look at yourself and how they love you. Because people who are really true to you are going to love you even if you voted differently than they did, or you feel differently about other things that are going on in the world. Agree. And, and when you're saying this, you are just shining so bright. And I think you shine because you do love yourself and, and you're so, I can tell that you're just so connected to your most authentic being and you shine and you radiate and the people that come in contact with you feel that. And that's what I love about self-love when you love yourself so much. You actually help others, people, because you your really vibration do. is so high. Your vibration is so high. And I'll also say that um, you give other people permission to do yes. the same. Oh, so true. Yeah. It's the energetic permission slip to <laughs> love yourself so much. I agree. Energetic permission slip. I love that. And that is, couldn't be more true. So Deb, tell us um, what's next on the horizon for you in terms of your career. Are we, are you still doing the health coaching? Do you want to expand? What, what's, where do you see yourself in the next year or two? Can't tell you that I have a a 100% accurate answer, but I will say that I have been seeking um, with much faith. Uh, what is my next season after cancer? And Liza, yeah. honestly, this has been probably the most surprising thing about cancer is that I don't, I don't, I can't go back to my old life, mm. but at the same time, I wanted to go back to my old life. So I have started to a couple months ago, started to go back to more coaching and doing more TV segments. And, and, and I, I'm a speaker at conferences about health and wellness and employee health and stress management. And I have to tell you, while I love all those things, it's, I'm not as passionate as I once was. And is that because I'm tired from all the surgeries that could be it? But I also feel like God has something new for me. And one of the things that has been really driving me in these last nine months is trying to find an answer to an almost unanswerable question, which is, why did I get cancer? Mm. Especially as we've spoken about my lifestyle. I mean, I'm like, you lived the lifestyle of not getting cancer. Right. And so during my times of my morning times of prayer and worship and meditation, I really felt this inner calling of why, why did you get cancer? And maybe it's time to talk about and interview people as to why did I get cancer? So I went online and I looked up, why did I get cancer.com? And that website was available. So I thought, okay, that is yours, girlfriend. This is mine. <laughs> so I have reserved the website, why did I get cancer.com? I'm going to start a podcast and I'm going to start interviewing experts in this field, but not just oncologists and um, other types of physicians. I want to talk to to other people who are experts in in skincare, you know, the toxins that are potentially in skincare. What about electromagnetic frequencies that are just all around us? What about sleep? How does sleep impact the fact that I may or may not get cancer? I have such a driving need now to know, but I also want to be really honest and let you know that I'll, I'll never know. 
Mm-hmm. I don't think I'll ever know. I've asked every oncologist. My last one said, you know what? I think it's just a fluke. And sometimes flukes just happen. And in fact, often daily flukes happen in your body, mm-hmm. but most of the time your body can fight it off. So I am on a quest and I'm really passionate to interview experts to find out, okay, is there anything we can do? I love that. I am so excited. I mean, I I know. And the website again is why did I get cancer.com? Right. I can honestly, how is that still available? That that website, that that web address is still available. Nobody's taken it yet. I know. I know. Well, I can't yeah. wait to see the amazing things you're going to do. You are on fire. Like I said, you <laughs> shine, you're on a mission. Um, oh. you know, it's, it's, it's so exciting, Deb. I could not be more Thank happy you. for you. Thank you. I feel like I'm on fire and my energy is back. For sure. My anesthesia brain is almost gone. I'm declaring it almost gone. And I just wake up every day now excited because I know that they're my best days are yet to come. I agree. Thank you so much, Deb, for being on the podcast. It was so much fun. Very happy to be on. Very Very happy. It's a very happy story. Indeed. My friend. Indeed. Indeed. I'm so grateful that we met, even though we've never met each other in person. I know someday that will happen. For sure. We will get together with our Steves. <laughs> That's right. And our birthdays are hours apart. I know. I know. I See, mean, there's there so you many go. similarities. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Much love. Thank you so much. You too. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and download my free Thrive Guide on VeryHappyStories.com. My Thrive Guide has my best practices for setting yourself up for happiness. And of course, I would love to connect with you on social media. Until next time, have a happy day. Come on a journey like no other, where you will discover many roads that will lead you to a happier, healthier, and more stress-free life. And the beauty is, you don't need any vacation time for this adventure. The journey will come to you. Join Avery Rich on your very own journey into yoga. Along the way, she will demystify yoga poses and guide you into a yoga posture or short sequence, all in less than 15 minutes. You have nothing to lose but stress. The Journey Into Yoga podcast. It's not for people who like yoga. It's for people who don't like yoga. Follow or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at averyrich.com.